blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome to the alternative. Billions of questions, virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Welcome to The Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm, brought to us by the ISEDN.org. I'm Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com, and uh, today we have Dave Davies from Beanstalk, Inc. Incorporated. And Dave, we got a great show set up today. We sure do. We sure do. Later on, we're going to have Todd Dunlop from NeverBlue Media joining us. And rounding out the hour, we have Richard Zwicky talking about Inquisit Stats. But before we get to that, there's some neat stuff happening on the peripheries of the search world. And Dave, I'm going to slip one in here that we didn't discuss earlier. Because um, I was just reading over at uh, Andrew Goodman's blog that the Lactivist, Jennifer Laycock's um, project. You remember you know, Jennifer Laycock, uh, editor of Search Engine Guide? Mm-hmm. She's got a project called The Lactivist. And um, the activist is all, you know, she just had a she just had a kid, little Emmett, and um, the activist is all about breastfeeding, breastfeeding products, and breastfeeding rights. And um, she was selling a T-shirt, and the T-shirt um, it read um, "breast milk" or "the other white milk," which is a play which is a play on um, a play on a, a slogan used by the pork marketing board in the United States. And so the uh, pork board has decided to, um, well, threaten the lactivist for using the slogan, the other white milk. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that just silly? How ridiculous is that? That's absolutely ridiculous. And it's, um, it's kind of uncool, too. I mean, the, 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 the pork board is a massive, massive marketing board. Jennifer Laycock is a... Extraordinary editor, but a single person on her own publishing a a, a, a good blog, um, which incidentally is thelactivist.blogspot.com, l-a-c-t-i-v-i-s-t.blogspot.com. Folks, go check it out. And um, at the at the bottom of her most recent post, she has a number of uh, phone numbers or emails so you can um, you can you can write to her phone in case you want to speak to or email the pork board directly. I know that they want to hear from you, and <laughs> it'd be a good turn that you can do for Jennifer. Well, good words, Jim, good words. Well, thank you very much. I feel really good about doing that. Um, <laughs> and I urge people to call, call once, call frequently. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, I was uh, just cruising through the blogosphere, and I came across a, a post that Lisa Barone had put up at the Bruce Clay blog. Um, apparently... Bruce Clay's SEO Toolset training course was named one of the five winners of the Create-A-Site Forms Educational Scholarship, and Bruce Clay Incorporated has ended up with a grand total of $400 that they want to put towards, $400 um, that they want to put towards the furthering of search engine marketing education. Well, isn't that great of Bruce? Rather than retiring with it, <laughs> he could have had a drink at Tahiti with us, but he chose not to. 
he wants to he wants to focus his money on uh, on furthering education in the search engine marketing field, and so I guess Lisa is asking for um, suggestions on how this four hundred dollars should be spent, especially if there's an individual who feels that he or she deserves this scholarship. So um, if you want to email albarone at bruceclay.com if you're that person, or if you have a good idea on what they should do with the $400, give Lisa an email, give her some suggestions, and um, you know perhaps you can help for the development of this great industry. You know, I, I was actually, I read the post after you, uh, after you mentioned it to me, and they're actually even going to match it now. They're, they're going to, they're going to put in their own 400 so it's, it's eight well, now. Oh, well, actually, you know what? When, when I, for buying educational materials, um, or for even sending somebody to a conference, I, that, that money might actually stretch. It's sure, sure. I mean, for, for a, a small business person or, a, you know, even a, a smaller charity, um, you know, as they mentioned, they were thinking of, of getting this to charity in the form of, you know, helping them out, um, you know, with their marketing endeavors and realize that all, any of the charities anybody can think of offhand don't need help. That's why you know them. <laughs> um, so, so you know, I mean, a, a good call out too. If you if you know smaller charities that that might be able to make good use of this money uh, towards uh, towards marketing efforts, um, there's a there's a great angle for you. Well, you know, that's four to eight hundred dollars is a, is relatively speaking a small amount of money, and um, we came prepared to talk about much larger sums of money today, didn't we? We sure did. Google, and that was courtesy of Google's finance department. They released their fourth quarter and year-end numbers yesterday. They um, sure did. <laughs> how do you say, holy, gee, jump, what exactly can we say on the radio? Um, you know what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> I sure do, and I think all the listeners do as well. Um, but I, I'd like to, I, I found a, uh, from about two hours ago, uh, I'd like to pull a quote from, uh, from Forbes as of, as of two hours ago, which is going to go counter to everything uh, that you're thinking. Um, stocks were narrowly missed Thursday as Wall Street's balanced enthusiasm about robust consumer spending figures with disappointment in Google Inc.'s profit report. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I was taking a peek. Google uh, yesterday hit a high almost of 505. Uh, right now, they're currently sitting at uh, about 481. So somehow today, them coming out with record 90 or uh, what is it, 67 percent increases in revenues over uh, Q4 last year, somehow investors are taking this as a bad sign. <laughs> and, well, and I the guess Google almost 20 bucks in, in a day. That's very difficult to explain, isn't it? I mean, Yahoo came out with a report last week that may have built, like, investor exuberance. They figured something even more amazing would come from Google, but they're making, like, twice as much per share this year than they were last year. Um, They're entering so many other new advertising markets, literally sucking the air out of conversations when they step into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's incredible that the that 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 investors are are looking at them that way. Maybe that sort of says that the five hundred a share range is um, just unnaturally high. You know what? I believe that the report was, was phenomenal. I, I believe if we if we go uh, go back to the last show of two thousand six, that was one of your calls. Uh, but I don't know what it would have possibly taken. What Google would have had to come out saying what something over ten billion for that stock to maintain at that point, like. Uh, if you show me, any company shows a 67% increase over over a quarter of the year previous, you'd pretty naturally expect some increases. At least I would. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe, and this is a long shot. I can't explain why investors were were seem to be reacting negatively to what I think everyone would agree is like a 
more than phenomenal revenue report, but maybe they're reacting to the, 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 the fact that Google raises 99% of its income from the sale of, of you know, click ads, of, 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 of advertising, yeah. 37% of which comes from their content network. Um, that's the AdSense program, and there, you know, people do have a lot of questions about about the content network and the quality of clicks that come through there. I think that actually Click Forensics um, put out a report saying that, well, their figure was 19.2% of clicks from all content networks, not just Google's, but about 19.2% of those could be considered invalid or fraudulent clicks. Maybe investors were looking at stuff like that, um, but I don't. I doubt it. I mean, like, I think that's a, that's a long shot. No, but I mean, it's it's definitely something for us and our listeners and people involved in this community to pay uh, some very very close attention to. I the the latest uh, stats that they came out with are, you know, I mean, they're they're not shocking in that you know I saw their stats previously, but um, you know you wouldn't predict it, and then Google. Uh, coming out noting, you know, it's around two percent, um, you know, and, and then compare that with with, <laughs> with these statistics, and you know, certainly a benefit of a doubt. The truth lies somewhere in between, but um, yeah, either way, there's a mighty wide range between nineteen point two percent and two percent. Yeah, and even if the truth is smack dab in the middle, that's still double digits, and that's a lot of advertising revenue. But you know, look at uh, look at their profitability, uh, click fraud really only hurts the advertisers. <laughs> I guess that's what we can conclude here. Uh, Google's doing okay out of it. So. Well, uh, I'd say you know, it clearly hurts Google. the advertisers. Pardon but me? I think it also hurts the entire model online, eh? It does. It does. And right now, and, and I should put this out there, I'm picking on Google because their their Q4s are out there. This is not, like, the, the forensics data is not just based on Google. This is not a, a Google-specific uh, issue, just to put it out there that, you know, this isn't just Google, and, and they're not some some evil giant. This is across uh, across the industry, and uh, this is a huge problem. Um, but if Dave, I, I got to move, we got to move really quickly through here. Yeah. Um, I know that you have a a search solution actually. Who is clicking who for um, you know as a, as a minor click fraud solution? Let's go through that really quickly. Then we're gonna have to take a break. Perfect. I had a, a brief chance to chat with DJ, their tech support manager over there. I gave him a call. Um, and he, he took me a little bit through it. It is, it's not a total solution, but it really adds in some very cool features. Uh, and I know we have to go really quick, but one of the things that they do have, because they're tracking IPs, tracking locations, they'll show up on a map who's clicking and, and who's clicked more than once, these sort of things. But one thing they do do, because they can track the individual, um, is if a person clicks on your ad, you can set the number of times. If somebody clicks your ad, say, two times, it puts a pop-up. <laughs> and tells people to stop, and it has three different levels of pop-ups. Like if they've done it twice, you know, maybe a reminder to add them to the favorites rather than clicking on their ad another time, uh, you know, a little more uh, pointed. <laughs> uh, of course, you can't stop them from clicking on the ad, but it, uh, it pops up on, on your site going, you know, stop it. Um, which I thought, you know, that's that's pretty cool, but they're coming out uh, version 4, uh, or version 3 is, is slated to launch, and they're going to be adding even uh, even more cool stuff. But yeah, I highly recommend people to uh, to visit their site. It's who'sclickingwho.com. Um, take a look at some of their screenshots, some of their uh, some of the reports that they do, and some of the data they can provide is is pretty cool. Um, and version three, which I won't get into too much because I know a, a bit of that was, you know, we'll tell you about it more when it when it comes out. Um, it promises to provide some some really neat, interesting statistics 
uh, and statistical enhancements as well. But that should be the end of that because we've got to rush along. We've got to rush along. That reminds me that, uh, about our uh, guest at, towards the end of the show, Richard Zwicky from Inquisit. But we're going to be coming back after these messages with Todd Dunlop from Neverblue Media. And um, Neverblue had a pretty big announcement today. I look forward to being able to ask Todd about it. Stick, stick around, folks. This is The Alternatives on webmasterradio.fm, sponsored by the ISATN.org. We'll be back in just a moment. The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. Marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Hey folks, welcome back to the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. This is an interesting show. It's something I forgot to mention earlier in the show. This is almost a total local show for, for Dave and I, because uh, Dave and I are from Victoria, B.C., and the uh, two, two guests we have on are also based in Victoria, B.C. One of them, Todd Dunlop, is the president and CEO of Neverblue Media, which is actually based less than, a, less than a kilometer from my house. And, Todd, I'm sorry I haven't dropped by for that visit yet, but welcome here to The Alternative. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. You guys had a pretty big announcement today. Yeah, we uh, were able to announce uh, today the uh, successful acquisition of Neverblue Media and uh, all of its uh, products, including Neverblue Ads, uh, by a company out of uh, Connecticut, New York, named Virtue. Well, I'd like to get into describing Neverblue, going through all of its product lines and stuff, but first of all, man, congratulations. Was this part of your strategy when you started the company? Uh, well, well, thank you very much. Uh, really, it's something that uh, I know uh, we've been approached with for, for quite a long time, um, that uh, different companies have always kind of looked to us as we've you know, really been able to grow you know, quite aggressively and really take a, a good chunk of the market over the last couple of years, but uh, never really found somebody who could really launch us forward and make sure that uh, we were going to continue to grow as aggressively as we wanted to, and uh, we definitely found a partnership uh, with Virtue. So it wasn't uh, always exactly planned, but we're always looking ways to really just uh, take on the new opportunities. So when, we're, when looking at Neverblue, um, first off, I guess for, for the audience who hasn't had a chance to, to go through your website yet, could you describe Neverblue and the, the various services that you offer? Sure. 
Never Blue, uh, one of its, basically the core of the business is we're, you know, affiliate marketing company. And uh, at the core of that is Never Blue Ads, which is a CPA network, cost per action network. Um, and we've been, uh, you know, quite ex- you know, excited about bringing exclusives, bringing uh, great offers to our publishers. We're always looking for new affiliates, especially with the, the announcement we were able to make today. Even greater opportunities are going to come for those, uh, those affiliates and uh, advertisers and grow that out. We uh, also have, uh, you know, we do a fair bit of uh, internal properties that we try to get exclusive for those affiliates uh, within there. We do, we also have some search engine marketing, so we also have expertise to try to help our affiliates along in that way, um, as well as we can take an offer in on our network um, and share it with many of our other connections across the industry and uh, really just find uh, great quality uh, clients for our advertisers. And, uh, you know, we have great publishers and we're always looking for more. Well, given the business lines that you are involved in, what was it that that made Virtue the 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 right partner for you or the the right acquisition? Sure. Yeah, what uh, basically what they brought to the table is a couple things. Um, they, you know, a very solid direct marketing company. We're able to bring a lot of that experience to uh, help grow it, uh, grow Neverblue. But uh, also, you know, they own many different products, and, and people will recognize the names such as Lava Life uh, is a product that they, uh, one of the subsidiary companies of theirs, and they're really looking for, um, you know, something to to really gain traction in this space, in the affiliate marketing space. As you know, everyone, all your listeners know, it's a very exciting space to be involved in. And uh, we were able to be really that nucleus to get the distribution for those products and uh, help really grow in that area. Well, it was an interesting time for, uh, for you to make the announcement that you'd been acquired. Um, this is local news, but I think that the, the, the worldwide audience should know about this. Um, on January 26th, just last Friday... Uh, Never Blue Media won two local business awards. This is in Victoria, B.C., on Vancouver Island. So it's a smaller market, but nevertheless, you won the Small Business of the Year Award and the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. That's uh, that's correct. We've uh, you know, especially over the last year, we've had some great recognition um, within the community uh, here locally. We've had national recognition as well as within the industry. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we've been really excited to, to receive that, uh, and that's really the hard work of kind of all the staff here and, and to grow and to evolve this quickly and, uh, you know, to, to look for new opportunities all the time. Well, something uh, people out in the, off the island might know, this is, a, this is an extraordinary tech community based in Victoria. Um, but what was it? And it had to be more than the tech community. What made you guys decide to grow your business in Victoria, B.C., instead of going to Seattle or to Vancouver or, or Toronto or New York? Sure. Uh, one of the greatest things, and this is, you know, for your listeners that haven't been up to Victoria, this is probably, you know, this is probably the nicest place in all of Canada. Uh, we don't, uh, we don't get snow here. I think, you know, this was a fluke this year. We got about an inch of snow. Um, it, it's the, you know, the warmest temper, temperature in all of Canada. Uh, it's beautiful. We get to sit here right now. It's a beautiful, you know, spring-like day today. Um, we we're able to, you know, be up here in a good, strong tech community. Um, other great uh, online marketing companies, and get to also you know, continue to participate in the uh, great U.S. marketplace. Well, and to just add to what you said, I was out golfing on, uh, on Sunday. Just a, <laughs> a note to some of our Eastern listeners. Um, it really is right. beautiful here. What are some of the most active ad channels you're involved with? When you get a new client, and I, I know every client's different, so I mean, you, know, you have to be very general here, but what are you looking at when you're looking at ad channels? Uh, as far as bringing in the affiliates side of things? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, you know, we're, you know, one of the, we have, you know, very vertical specific focuses and we try to bring in affiliates and advertisers that try to match that up. Um, we're really strong in dating, financial, education fields. Um, you know, we can basically usually have a product that's, uh, we, we feel that it's, you know, as competitive, more competitive than pretty much anything out there. Uh, for somebody who comes in, if there's an existing affiliate who uh, currently runs some stuff with some other advertisers or some other networks, we can definitely uh, know we can beat them and bring them in and get them going. Uh, if someone's fairly new to it, we can definitely walk them and uh, help them really try to identify an area that they can do well. Because um, we find most a lot of affiliates that have an area of interest, they can uh, do well advertising that kind of product the best. Okay. Um, you do ad buying as well. You pur- You purchase ad space for your clients? Um, that's definitely, you know, there's an area within the company that continues to try to do that, act as a publisher. Um, you know, but we, we work with, uh, you know, search engine marketing affiliates, we work with email affiliates, uh, web, you know, web affiliates, anybody who's really can find that traffic. Um, and, you know, we try to stay up to date on that by doing uh, some of that inside as well. Would you characterize businesses that you work with as small to medium-sized businesses? Um, well, as far as on, on the affiliate side, it's uh, you know we work with everything from the one-off affiliate who's uh, doing it on the side to uh, you know Fortune 500 companies that uh, really looking for some big distribution or to do big distribution for us. So you know we have the customer service and then the people that can you know handle and accommodate everyone's needs. Okay, Neverblue Media. I've, I've I've seen you guys at the last four or five major trade shows I've been at. I saw you at AdTech um, in New York. I, you were at. Uh, Pretty sure you're at SES San Jose. Um, you guys, you guys are, are pretty much everywhere. Are you going to be going to a lot of shows this year? Yep, we'll definitely be uh, having a good presence at uh, Ad Tech San Francisco. We find that to be uh, a really good show uh, as well. And we were just actually came back a few weeks ago from Affiliate Summit, uh, which is you know another great show for uh, to bring the affiliates and actually get to meet some of them face to face. Yeah, actually, I passed your booth down there two or three times. I meant to stop by and say hi every time, and. One of those things, you know, never had the chance to, but I really wanted to. Yeah, again, I've seen, uh, so it's a purchase. Is that going to change your, your travel schedule? Do you think it's going to change the way you guys do business? Um, realistically, because of who we, uh, you know, kind of decided to you know, get acquired by, um, we see this as an opportunity to really grow on the, the vision that we've we've built, myself and the other uh, founders of the company, and you know, the, the other, myself and the other founders have committed to saying to staying and actually seeing it through. You know, we feel we've just got the company to a certain level where we can really explode it, and uh, you know, with this acquisition, we can now do that. Um, so there's. You know, there's even more energy and excitement here uh, with this team now. Also, for other business owners out there, for their benefit, um, what was the trigger point for you? At what point did you decide, yeah, we have to do this? As far as the acquisition or the the growth? Uh, the acquisition. <laughs> sure. Um, the acquisition, as you said, it wasn't something we we're actually actually uh, out there doing. Um, but when it we saw the opportunity to. Um, we've we've had uh, you know pretty much you know exponential growth for the last couple of years, but when we were able to see something where we can launch the company, you know two to five years ahead within a one year period by you know partnering up with something like this, uh, really for the for the health of the company and opportunities for employees and to grow our client base, you know it was pretty much a no brainer for us. Who are some of the people in your client base now? Some of the, some of the companies you're working with. Well, uh, we work with you know everyone from the Ask uh, family of products to Miva to you know dating sites. Work with True and basically all the major dating portals. Um, also on the financial education end of things, 
we try to we also have lending tree and a few other you know direct clients like that who you know we can definitely do the best payouts on and how easy is it for a webmaster or a uh, small you know in, individual operator to get involved with you uh, it's really easy. Um, if you just go to neverblueads.com, that's where the affiliate network is, um, and get signed up, and someone will be in contact with you, usually within the uh, 24 to 48 hours at the most, and uh, they can sign up, and uh, an affiliate manager will uh, get a hold of them and just kind of see what their needs are and try to uh, figure out how to get them going. And uh, that's the one thing that we like to do that's different than you know pretty much every other network out there is we like to talk to our affiliates and work with them, which uh, we feel is a win-win for everybody. Do you have a large support network? Do you, do you find that your uh, affiliate uh, managers have to spend a lot of time working directly with the affiliates? Um, that's the, that is their mandate. Um, their mandate is to really support the, uh, the affiliates and help them grow their business and to try to, uh, you know, try to help them identify areas. Some, some will be in a specific vertical. We'll be working just in the banner area, and we'll encourage them to, you know, try out search, or we'll be working with them on different areas, or just to try a new vertical. Um, if they're an affiliate that comes in who's very used to cost for sale, we're going to, you know, we can help them learn about the lead generation into things um, and try to go that as well. And you know, one of the things we have for the affiliates right now, and uh, is that if they uh, we have a sign-up bonus for them, if they make two hundred bucks, they get a two hundred dollar bonus. So pretty much just doubling their first two hundred dollars. Brilliant. If I can jump in here for a second, um, I was doing a little research. This is going actually back to in October uh, regarding you guys, and looking in, it, it appeared that you've sort of uh, adjusted the model, and rather than just um, selling ads in, in a more traditional way. Um, you're doing them in such a way where you're distributing ads across a network and then charging the client um, on a per action. So they have chosen a, a set of most desired actions, uh, and then they are charged based on people who complete that that most desired action. Is that uh, is that in fact the way that it it does operate? And so, what made you go that route rather than uh, a more traditional, you know, pay per impression or or pay per per click uh, type model? Sure. We've, uh, you know, since the inception of the company, we've been a really performance-based company. So, and that's really, you know, kind of the results-driven. And in the end of the day, if the advertiser, the person that's paying there, is getting results, um, you know, they're going to continue to buy. So we've decided to go down the model, the, the cost per action or the pay performance model, where you kind of, you, you can, if you're able to bring really good traffic, you're going to get paid really well because that action in the end, it turns into a sale or turns into a potential client. Um, you know, in the education example, they sign up to uh, one of the schools and they have now indicated to one of the universities that they're, you know, looking to do, ed- you know, go in education. And now if you're a webmaster and you're able to provide, you know, lots and lots of those, we want you to get paid more than just somebody who's showing a, a banner ad and-, and not necessarily providing the best quality traffic. Now, do you hit situations where you would have, say, a client who's wanting traffic from specific types of sources, um, you don't have, you know, in your network at the time um, access to those resources? What would you do at that point to now try and... Um, seek out resources for a new client, new places to to publish um, their advertising on. Sure, you know we're always bringing in uh, advertisers, and at the same time, we're not just waiting for uh, affiliates to come to us. We'll be out there looking to uh, 
to find them and uh, recruit them and bring them on board and be able to really show them uh, and prove to them what great quality ads we have here. Um, you know, we haven't mentioned it yet, but our tracking technology is uh, second to none, uh, completely built in in-house and, uh, you know, developed. And, you know, we're able to continually make improvements off, you know, the, uh, the advertisers or the affiliates' needs and desires. And, you know, we can always accommodate. That's one of the best things about us. What type of, of tracking do you provide to uh, to your clients? Um, well, you know, from the you know from the affiliate and advertiser side, basically, they're able to log in on the affiliate side, log in, be able to see what ads are available, be able to pull the links themselves, um, basically track the amount of clicks, the amount of print impressions, the amount of leads they've created, what that dollar's worth, what their click-through rate is. Basically, you know, we try to provide as much information because, again, they can take that and more effectively uh, do advertising, find advertising places. Well, it sounds like, yeah, they can get a lot of statistics to determine their, their true ROI. I, I've had a That's great right. time chatting with you, but unfortunately, we have got to pay some bills at this point. Um, so, so thank you very much for joining Jim and I on the on the show here today. It's been very interesting, and congratulations on uh, on the purchase and and for all the, the great awards that you've won. Great. Well, thank you for having me on the show, and uh, especially to be in all Victoria shows. It's been great to be on. Yeah, thanks for being here, Todd. Um, folks, stick around for a few minutes. We're coming back at the alternative with Richard Zwicky from Inquisit. Um, this is Jim Hedger and Dave Davies on the Alternative FM, sponsored by, by the ISCDN dot org. Back in just a moment. Searching for the tools and tricks to rank your websites even higher. Well, there's no need to go through a back door when you can climb up on the roof. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Webmasters on the Roof. Direct from Deutschland. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Join the media Donis along with his partner in crime Friday night as they put on their black hats to teach you their SEO secrets. Webmasters on the Roof. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. .fm. One traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit searchadnetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. <laughs> Welcome back to the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger, and I'm joined by Dave Davies, and we're joined by Richard Zwicky, uh, CEO of Inquisit, and um, one of the founders of MetaMend. Hi, Richard. How you doing? Great. How are you, Jim? Excellent today. Um, I, I hear that you're up at University of Victoria. Yeah, actually, we're just leaving the uh, the campus right now. We were doing a tour and a presentation from uh, some of the analysis they've been drawing for us. Well, it's a gorgeous campus. Um, I guess that means University of Victoria is being studied by Inquisit. Uh, or vice versa. <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> well, why don't, we kick this, why don't we kick this segment off? Um, 
tell the tell the, the the listening audience a little bit about Inquisit and why it's a tool they ought to be using. So Inquisit's a uh, search engine analytics tool. It's a bit different than uh, any of the web analytics tools in that we concentrate purely and exclusively on the uh, search engine referrals from organic and PPC um, uh, from all the engines. Uh, what happened was a couple of years ago we started um, a company called Inquisit. Goes, uh, a company called Metamen goes back to 2000. And one of the problems you ran into was customers everywhere, of course, want to know how well are they positioned in the engines. And search engine rankings vary depending on where you're physically located for the same queries. So we developed a tool which passively could cull that information without breaking the search engine's terms of use and gives accurate search rankings depending on wherever the searcher is located. Uh, big advantage to any marketer. Uh, what came out of that was also the ability to uh, report on search traffic down to the uh, city and zip code level for any query, and uh, a variety of other tools that came out of it, which allows you comparisons, uh, compare your PPC versus your organic traffic at a city level, a zip code level, or cross-matching by any variation, so any particular page, any particular query, any particular territory, uh, really allows you to look at data three-dimensionally for the first time. Well, how does that exactly work? Your um, Inquisit servers are, are sitting um, likely in, in Victoria, perhaps Seattle, or somewhere in Canada, um, but the client could be in, um, in, in St. Augustine, Florida, or London, England. Yeah, and so what we've, we've done a couple of interesting things there. We're um, using a massive distributed system for logging. Um, what we do is we give every client a uh, single line of JavaScript, which they install into their web pages, and it uh, calls a one-pixel GIF from uh, our logging servers, which are now uh, distributed everywhere so that there's zero lag or they're in the middle of being transitioned to a, a massive distributed system so that there's zero lag so the end user doesn't notice a single gap and uh, we're guaranteed to capture 100% of the data. And then our master server consolidates all the information and prepares out the reports for them. Uh, incredibly powerful that way and incredibly speedy. So what... Um, what stats are users looking at? If I, was, if I was running this on my website, what am I getting back from Inquisit? What you're getting back is a full analytics report on just the search engine information. So, you know, we don't really uh, care, uh, give you the information that you had 50,000 hits because those could be images, they could be any number of things. What we care about and what we're reporting on in-depth is purely the search referral. So, you know, any analytics tool can tell you uh, Google sent you 500 visitors and they used, you know, 50 different queries and here's the volume, and Yahoo did this and MSN that. But what we do is we take it a, much, a step further and we say, you know, I only care about the traffic that came from the U.S. because I'm a retail operation in the U.S. You, with one click of the mouse, you filter out everybody else. And now you look at just U.S. traffic. And you can look at your trend lines for your U.S. traffic for certain keywords or groups of keywords, um, PPC or organic, any, any level. And you want to take it a step further and say, you know, it's just a local hardware store in uh, Biloxi. You, you zoom in just to Biloxi and you look at your traffic accordingly. So that kind of granularity is unavailable elsewhere. And because it's designed with also the trends in mind, it allows you to see what's going on over the long term and not just one day at a time. It's free. Um, which is hugely powerful for the end user, and uh, because we, you know, we ran into that as a business problem uh, in MetaMed, which is a previous my previous company, which uh, Anchor is spun out from, and um, you know, we're giving that away because our business model is to go 
and do a lot of work in the pharmaceutical industry and to look at the consolidated data in that industry and also, you know, give people some trends. What's going on? You know, what are the real market shares for the engines? Um, If I have a page three listing, what's it worth? You know, we've seen, I'm presenting some data over at uh, STS London in uh, 10 days. And, uh, you know, as a, you know, one thing we've noticed is a page, a page five referral from Google, uh, you're going to get as much listing uh, traffic off of page five in Google as you will off page one in MSN. Really? That's, that, that, that's an interesting figure. What other, un- I guess, what, what, what could only be termed as strange, bizarre, or um, counterintuitive findings have you gotten from Inquisitor? Uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting data which, uh, we're able to look at, and it really, every, what's interesting is everybody is struck by different pieces of the information, and every user we've had uses for different things. So we've had, um, you know, a user who has put up a billboard and then monitored where does the traffic that goes by that billboard work and live, because they're able to monitor the people who search for it during the day and search for it during the night and then quantify where should they do their advertising for offline advertising. Um, where, and somebody has monitored television advertising to see which key messages work best at which time of day based on running an ad at 7 o'clock at night and then seeing how many people type that query in over the following 24 hours. But you know, other trends in general that we've seen that are quite interesting, uh, very, surpri- you know, very surprised we've seen a massive surge in Yahoo uh, queries since Christmas time. And there's a variety of, you know, hypotheses that have been thrown about as to why it happens. Uh, one person, you know, uh, wonders what, uh, you know, if they were betting man, they might go buy a lot of HP shares because HP embeds uh, the Yahoo uh, search right into the, uh, into the browser right now. You might, you might be seeing a massive uh, surge in new HP machines on the market that's causing a change in search engine traffic. It could just be that Google's algorithm changes in December um, caused a lot of people to start looking at other engines more more commonly, or it could just be part of the evolution. We're, uh, we're like looking to, at any number of things. I'd like to jump back to that in a sec, but I think Dave has a quick question to, jump, to throw in. I do. Thanks, Jim. Um, Richard, I, I actually use this. I, I installed it on a couple of our uh, of our test sites just to, to well, see great. what Thank was you. there. I um, have to say, very impressed um, with, with sort of the detail uh, that it can give and, and the customization. What can we expect from it for, for our listeners that now go out and, um, you know, give it a test? And I'm sure anybody who does is, is probably going to leave it there because it's data you just can't get elsewhere, and it is valuable data. What can we expect down the road um, to be added to it? What, what new features or, or what enhancements do we, can we expect to be made? Okay, well, well thank you, you know, for both for using it and your uh, kind comments because the, the tool itself has been driven based on user feedback, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, we've had a couple of marketers who, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can say this on the radio, but hopefully I can get away with it on on this show. But, you know, they've said it's like crack cocaine for the marketer because the data they can't get anywhere else and they need it. Um, I think that's a fair quote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it becomes quickly addictive. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, the big, we're doing a few things. We um, are bringing out some PPC audit tools in the near future so that you can actually verify, you know, Google's, saying that you've got 500 visitors for which you've paid for clicks from search referrals and uh, you're, you're doing your advertising campaign just in New York City uh, for the geotargeting, and what we're going to do is cross-reference it and check, is that accurate? Did you just get traffic from New York City and did you just get that volume or did you get a lot less or a lot more? 
because right now there aren't any good tools to to audit Google or Yahoo or MSN or anybody else's advertising campaign. So that's one we've got we've got coming out. We're also going to allow similar uh, level of granularity on the SEO side, so that you can see your organic campaigns and audit those in ways you haven't been able to do before, including conversions. So that's a big piece that's coming out. You'll be able to take a look at your conversion ratios on organic very simply and packages campaigns and not just for single terms. Um, big thing for us is a new UI. Uh, the initial interface uh, that's there now is extremely functional. Um, it's data-rich, but it's not as intuitive as we'd like it to be, not by any measure. So we've got, uh, we're working on a new UI, and we hope to have something out for late April, early May. Um, that's our target range right now, and we've collected some feedback from users, and we're always looking for more. Uh, those are two big features that are coming out very shortly. And then later on, the, uh, on in the year, we've got a full pay-for-click tool uh, suite, which looks at a lot more than just um, a user came from this IP and the activity was suspicious. It looks at uh, user activity um, globally and then compares that against the individual user to identify aberrances or aberrations, and aberrations tend to be the problem. Normal behavior is what one ex- would expect to find as being uh, acceptable, and the aberrations is what you're looking for. That is the fraud. That's you know just so, high level of some of the things we're going to be doing over the next year. Uh, a lot more geotargeting, a lot more uh, map overlays, things like that. But uh, big things are going to be new UIs, PPC and SEO audits, and uh, pay for click, uh, PPC fraud detection. No, I couldn't be happier to hear the the addition of of conversion, like as a, as an organic. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a, a wonderful addition. Um, and something I actually wanted to chat with you about that I no longer will. Um, I'm also wondering, like, I, I know you, you take this data and, and you're then able to, over a, over a mass um, scale, now come up with general trends. Is there any thoughts towards, or, or are you already, and I'm just unaware of it, um, categorize this data and sort of go, okay, and this is this, is this specific sector on a, on a smaller scale, so that my site, for example, is now being compared to other ones in my sector, not with a a broad scope of overall um, internet trends, but rather industry trends. Yeah, we are looking at that, and we're being very careful how we're going to proceed with it because we're also very strong and staunch um, privacy advocates. So we need to be able to do it, and we're going to build in certain thresholds. So you, you have, we have to have a minimum volume in terms of sites and data coming in and also be able to remove anything that identifies who's contributing data because right. privacy of data is paramount. You don't want your site's data published. You know, you'd like to see what the general trends are, but you don't want to see specifically what's going on with a competitor. <laughs> right. I mean, no, I you don't want to know that, uh, you don't want to know what's going on. Um, if your competitor is selling meatloaf, you don't want to know, uh, and you're selling meatloaf, you don't want to be able to see your competitor's data, or specifically, you don't want your competitors to see your data. And that's part right. of what we're uh, making sure we safeguard, because... Everybody, you know, the tool is based on uh, trust on that level, but it's also we have a very strong privacy statement, which we protect all of our users uh, with. Okay, but you do, you are able to um, collect aggregate data um, that you're able to look at. Now, this is non-identifying, but it doesn't identify the, the specific site that's being run on. But I've seen Inquisit publish, I think, three times um, search engine trend reports. Um, I think there was September, November, and December of '06 that you, you published for. That's correct. That's something we are going to continue to do is uh, give away that aggregate data. You know, what does the you know what are the search engine trends really looking like um, 
for us across the network because a big problem that, you know, there are a number of uh, reports published out there and um, very few of them, you know, like there's the Comscore and Nielsen who look at market shares and they'll show you what Yahoo's uh, market share is, but they don't look just purely at search very individually. They've got a lot of other data that they're trying to filter out and work with, whereas because we just work very um, finitely with the search data, we don't have to deal with any of the rest of it. We're able to give very um, interesting and precise uh, data just to that one aspect. Well, and the data that you're that you are showing is is very different than the data that Comscore is showing. Um, in uh, November of 2006, you gave Google 78.2139 percent, so 78.2 percent of click-throughs. Correct. Um, that number that number dropped in December to 76. Um, 76.1 percent overall. Um, yep. Meanwhile, Comscore would would put Google in the uh, 40, I think 48 percent range. That's mm-hmm. right, and you know, I'm. It's a question of you know what they're looking at and how we're looking at different things. And again, we're just looking at, you know, we're also looking at Google. dot uh, com in that 79 percent. Google. dot com, Google. dot ca, Google. dot co. dot uk. But we're segregating out Google Images and we're segregating out Google News and Google Groups and everything that is not purely search. We'll report on Google Images and Google News separately as separate engines almost, or uh, specifically we will, because it's a different kind of search. Um, and it's very interesting to see the numbers in blog search, um, how, how strong Google uh, blog search is vis-a-vis Technorati or IceRocket, which I uh, you know, would have suspected would have a higher market share in that one space vis-a-vis Google, but yet Google still dominates that one space as well. Why is it that Google has such a such a phenomenal click-through rate? Um, looking at December's numbers from Inquisit, 76.1% Google, 7.78% Yahoo, 4.22% MSN, and um, AOL and Ask round out the, uh, the top five um, with 1.5% and 0.79% respectively. Is Google yeah, really it, that far ahead organically? It is stunning. And, um, you know, of course, Google does feed the data back to AOL, who applies their own algorithms to it, and yet people still go to Google. I mean, Google, of course, is the, uh, I think, the only search uh, euphemism in the, uh, in the dictionary. Uh, and that goes a long way to saying the power and the, their impact uh, across society as a whole. Um, and it's also become, uh, you know, the analogy... Um, where people ha- start using the tool and expect to find the same results time over time. Um, I think you, actually, Jim, have you know, referred to the engines as a uh, filing cabinet system, where people go there, they find it, uh, they look up coffee shop, and then they need to find the coffee shop again. They go back to the search engine, and they look for the same information again because they want to find it, and they know where they found it. They use it more than bookmarks at this point because they have too many bookmarks to manage. The search engine is much smarter and much simpler. Uh, an interface to bookmark using. And so people have gotten the habit of using Google over time because they've depended on the results. Um, you mentioned, you know, the data, and that actually that data breakdown, I sliced it into five to eight segments also. And starting on December 20th, we started noticing a shift where uh, Yahoo's traffic picked up significantly. And uh, that trend has continued through to the last data update I saw was around for the 15th or 18th of uh, January. And it had continued through January, where Yahoo was picking up steam steadily across the net. But it was at, what's most interesting is the biggest impact was being had in North America, not in Europe. Europe, Google was maintaining its market shares, which are actually uh, in the 85 to 90 percent range. 
But in North America, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at January's um, numbers, but um, approximately, oh, where is Google and Yahoo? <laughs> well, approximately, where would you put Google at right now um, as of January 15th and Yahoo as of January 15th? Uh, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, unfortunately. I, um, I'm actually using them in a slide for the SES London show, and I will uh, gladly share them uh, from any point thereafter. What was interesting is, to give you an idea of the shift, uh, in the December time frame, Yahoo had its strongest market that we could find worldwide was in Los Angeles, where it had a 20% market share. By middle of January, it was at 27%. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Um, the shift we saw across North America was significant um, from late December on. And, but, yeah, of course, L.A. was, is, uh, was their strongest market uh, hold. Have you and, been able uh, to uh, you know, correlate that with, with the broad trend across North America? What were you able to correlate that with any extra advertising efforts Yahoo might have been making in the uh, in Southern California? You know, I I haven't um, been able to do that. I've noticed uh, you know a variety of things that seem to be occurring. Now I have spoken to a few uh, search marketers who have noticed that the Yahoo conversions have gone up significantly in that same period as well, vis-a-vis Google. So it's a trend that's uh, carrying across the board. Um, an interesting thing, which I'll just uh, share, you know, those on the side, we're talking about page uh, positioning before. Uh, 98% of all Google PBC search referrals come from the first two pages, 965 and 2.5%. Uh, Yahoo is at 97% on page one and I think 2% on page two. So if you're on page three or beyond in the uh, listings for a page, uh, PPC listing on either of those engines, there's no point bidding. Where I know people do bid for page three, four, five uh, displays, they're missing the boat. Now, if I can jump in here for, for just a sec, um, I think one important distinction, and I'd like to get your take on it, what we're measuring, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is clicks as opposed to, say, Comscore, where they're trying to measure market share. So you're sort of saying the, that of all the clicks that exist in the world, um, here's the percentage that are from Google. Here's the percentage that are from Yahoo, um, as opposed right. to the users. Um, exactly. We're measuring user activity uh, because it, it's possible that um, 40% of users go to Yahoo and look at their search tool and maybe search there once but don't search there repetitively, whereas Google users you know, are searching repetitively or they're searching on an ongoing basis. But because we're monitoring multiple sites, um, you know, the odds, the, their market share is their market share of activity. And that's really, you know, determining how often are the ads being displayed? A lot more on Google than anywhere else. How often are they click through? A lot more on Google than anywhere else. 80% of the time from Google. And that's really, you know, you can talk about market share from a number of, uh, any number of ways. You know, somebody has a bigger box than somebody else that's, you know, is a market share. But activity wise, it's Google. And that's really where we're focused. Because Are there any thoughts any other to um, to log an individual or to log these users? Because of course you can you can grab the the visitor's IP address. Is there any thought to to now enhancing it and going? Okay, let's actually find out how many people are going from one engine to another. What direction are they going in engines? Um, if they're using Google and they you know you see that they've clicked something you know five different results nope. or something like that. Are they going to MSN after or Yahoo or? Um, we don't have thought? that in our development schedule yet, but it would be an interesting one to do down the road. Um, and once we actually, you know, I think it's, tech, it's not a problem technically, it's possible, uh, but we're not tracking the individual users in that, may. We're not, uh, in that way. We're not embedding anything into the user's computers or browsers. 
that would allow us to track them when they go from site A to site B, so on and so forth. Uh, so right now it's not in our methodology, but it's technically feasible. Richard, you've been traveling all over well, all over the world in the last uh, six months, at, at least, but likely longer. Um, you've been uh, speaking to a number of the lar- uh, very large companies, and I, I know you can't disclose a, a lot of name, uh, many names right now. You've been uh, speaking to a large, a lot of large companies, a lot of large networks that are using Inquisit. Um, are the needs of the larger corporations that you're talking to? How different are they than the needs of some of the smaller SEM shops or some of the smaller businesses you work with? You know, at, at the bare minimum, they're all the same. They don't have good visibility into what's going on, and they want it. They want an executive summary snapshot to see what is happening to my website, what is happening in terms of my customer acquisition, what does it look like. Um, now, when you get... Some of the larger organizations have multiple people working on different facets of their search campaigns, so they're each looking for different things uh, in the in the drill downs and the data. But at the high level, they all want an executive summary, and they don't have it. And they want they want that one piece above and beyond everything else. They want, are you they able want to uh, run out to say how many companies are working with with Inquisit right now? Uh, we have, uh, you know. Somewhere between two and three thousand active, and some have multiple websites or multiple domains. Okay. And again, uh, though I, I know you're not you're not able to name names. Some of these companies are massive brands. Is that correct? Yes. There's a there's a number of Fortune 500s mixed in there. It really runs the gamut from uh, you know bed and breakfasts right up to Fortune 500s and a uh, couple of Fortune 100s. So this is a more than representative sample of web traffic. Yes, it is. It's uh, um, incredibly, uh, it's incredibly accurate. I'd have to take a look at, uh, you know, the number of pieces of information on a daily basis, but it is, uh, you know, there are millions uh, uh, of pieces of information daily. I believe we're running out of time. We have to go to one more break, and then I think we have a one more fun phone call to make. But um, if anybody is interested in getting getting involved with with Inquisit. Um, First off, Richard, thank you so much for taking the time to to be on the air with us today. I have a dozen more questions, but we're out of time. Thank you very much, Jim. If um, anyone's interested in getting involved with uh, with Inquisit, check them out at inquisit.com. That's E-N-Q-U-I-S-I-T-E dot com. Um, Or uh, give them a call, 1-408-340-7582. This is Jim Hedger on behalf of Dave Davies here on the the Alternative on webmaster.fm. We'll be back in just a moment. We'll be back after this short commercial break. We have major traffic tie-ups on the 101, and we have an onlooker delay due to what looks like a new show on webmasterradio.fm. Keep your hands on the wheel, because WebmasterRadio.fm is going to help you create buzz through social media and will accelerate your servers into a head-on collision of information. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Rush Hour. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Our hosts, Neil and Cameron, will help you get the upper hand to find the links you need so that your company is in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Rush Hour, the right kind of traffic. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> 
It's a no-brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Pay-Per-Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial or go to Ingenio.com slash web radio. That's Ingenio.com slash web radio. Ingenio. Simply ingenious. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. <laughs> Welcome back to the alternative. I'm Jim Hedger. I'm joined by Dave Davies. And Dave doesn't know it yet, but we're going to have a little bit of fun for the last couple of minutes of the show. You know what happened to me the other day, Dave? What's that? I got an email from Scott Barash, um from, uh, from mediumblue.com. And uh, Scott had noticed that there was a company that had been... Um, sort of lifting other writers' writings that happened to him, and, um, and he pointed out that it had happened to me. And, oh, um, yeah, it ha- well, I mean, this stuff happens, right? You, you must have noticed it happened to you on, on separate occasions, right? People take an article that you've written, and they fob it off as their own and put it up on a blog or a splog, or they distribute it through the, through the, the, the various article distribution channels, right? And it has their name attached to it. And, you know, normally, it, 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 some people mightn't think it's a big deal, but, you know, on behalf of all writers working away out there, we really, really work hard on this material. Some of my, some of my articles can take up to a week to research and write before I actually get them off my keyboard. And so when I see somebody taking my articles, I get a little bit, you know, ticked, although usually in a friendly way at the beginning, although as time goes on and I don't see any changes happening, even, af- even after asking sarcastically and politely, <sighs> So you know what? I want to call him. 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 I want to call him right now. Um, I think that actually the uh, engineers of the show, the 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 super amazing webmaster radio engineers, are dialing right now. Hope Allen is not available to leave a message. Oh well, just for just for the, the the edification of the listeners out there, it's a company called Biz Atomic, and um, you know if any of you guys want to call them up and ask them to remove other people's writings for their system, and it's not just me, um, you know I, I I urge you guys to, I urge you all to, because again we're all working hard out here. It's lonely. Let me know we want is credit and maybe some biscuits. Um, okay, that's it. We've done a whole hour, Dave, and boy it was fun. That was a great show. Folks, thanks for listening to The Alternative here on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back with an exciting show next week. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk, Inc., I'm Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com. This was The Alternative. Stay tuned to webmasterradio.fm. <laughs>